Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the racetracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars hello and welcome to the show to talk the events of the week which has been dominated by the announcement by ford it's peter norton and gary o'brien peter it's uh, an interesting situation we have indeed in v8 supercars going forward because no more ford it's kind of an anticlimax, isn't it? That uh, we, we had the, uh, the suspicions for quite a while. We, we had the announcements just before Bathurst. It, it almost seemed to be the, uh, the most damaging point in terms of PR for it to be at Bathurst. Uh, and now comes the, the confirmation. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's what we thought. But secretly, we were hoping they'd change their mind. So anticlimax said that uh, there was no change of mind. Gary, you've been around for uh, quite a while, and you, like many of us, have seen Ford come and go in touring cars in Australia on a number of occasions. Yeah, it's hardly a surprise when you think of it along those lines. But as uh, Peter was saying, we all sort of expected it to happen, and uh, you know, and it was a bit anticlimactic that it did in the end. But there's really nothing stopping from. Uh, well, obviously they'll go for next year with with the six cars we, we're predicting will be there. But there's nothing really stopping them from uh, doing the following year. They'll have the engines, they've got the body panels, they just won't have the Ford backing. Mm. Now, Super Black Racing will join the series full-time. That has been announced this week uh, by Verge Supercars. Of course, Freightliner will be rolling out with Brad Jones Racing and Fabian Coulthard in 2015. And a lot of the drivers, uh, although they're not racing at the 12-hour there, Gary, they are looking at racing overseas this year. Yeah, I think Jamie Winkup's uh, number one has said that uh, he's got a trip to Europe in uh, January and he's thinking of going via the US and uh, dropping in on Daytona. I'm sure he'd uh, pretty easily pick up a drive there and uh, going off what Shane Van Gisbergen's told him, he said it's a bit of a blast, so he's, he's quite keen to do, to do that. We know Craig Lance has been overseas this year at Spa along with uh, uh, other guys that are not necessarily full-timers in V8 supercars but have been there in... Um, uh, Steve Richards, Steve Owen, uh, David Russell, they all went there as well. So there's, there is scope for these guys to go out and do other races, but I just worry about it if there's uh, exclusivity contracts uh, signed or, or legislated within the V8 supercar ranks, what will, that will mean down the track. Mm. Now, of course, uh, a couple of announcements for drivers next year. Ash Walsh going to go into the seat vacated by Lee Holsworth and David Wall in for the uh, for the Swedishman in R- Robert Dahlgren. Yeah, that's interesting too. I um, very much uh, uh, applaud uh, Ash Walsh's uh, uh, jump from the development series. He's currently second in that series and possibly could have won it this year and last year if he had a bit more luck. Finished second last year, seventh in 2012. So um, you've got to suggest that uh, he's ripe to go. Uh, as is some of his predecessors that have moved up, as in Dale Wood and Scott McLaughlin. Mm. Now, Peter, Nissan have done some aero testing out there at Avalon. 
Uh, yes, uh, Tuesday last week, uh, a few of the passengers on, uh, I, th- I think it was a Virgin flight uh, or a Jetstar flight, uh, uh, they're coming in to land and bingo, there's a V8 supercar on the runway doing uh, runs back and forth. Um, what it's all about, uh, get collecting data under supervision of V8 supercars uh, for the homologation process that's currently underway to see if they can get some aero tweaks for the 2015 year. Uh, of course, we know that uh, uh, the Nissans are thereabouts but just don't quite have that edge in performance and uh, they're, they're looking to see if uh, aero is the answer. Mm. Now, of course, Dragon Motorsport was supposed to be a wild card at Mount Panorama Bathurst and at Sandown. They didn't turn up, but they are turning up at Sydney for the Dunlop Series. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of life in that uh, in that proposition. Uh, not at the, at the pointy end of the field, obviously, or not in the uh, uh, outright class, but uh, in the development series, uh, they're uh, going to have a run there in the grand final. Hopefully they can uh, get some experience and profile and some funding and uh, give it a serious shake next year. Mm. Well, our feature interview's up next, and we'll return with the panel with more shortly. <laughs> Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, the only things Ross is ever critical on are things that A, going to make the car go faster or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's, um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. It's Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels through the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Frosty Winterbottom joins us now ahead of of the Sydney 500 and Frosty just how tough is this Sydney street race it's a tough race physically mentally um, you know on the cars everything it's, it's one of a uh, one of the toughest all year and hopefully uh, the temperatures are kind to us but we've been there when it's 40 degrees and in the cabins over 70 so um, there's no doubt it's going to be tough but I hope that you know we're up for the challenge we're up for the battle and we can come out on top that'd be nice so Frosty how important is it to finish this season on a high it's important we, we uh, definitely need to finish strong because you, you go into Christmas you need to have a I guess a good direction for where you're going to start next year and Homebush and Adelaide are the two most similar circuits so notoriously finish strong you'll start strong and for me when you can't win the championship you want to finish strong but you're already looking towards 2015 so that'll give me good confidence knowing that we can start uh, you know start strong and um, have confidence and that's what it's about. I guess your determination is fully focused on being second in the championship. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those rounds, I guess, um, when the championship's been decided before the final round, uh, you know, Jamie Wincup has nothing to lose. He uh, can go and, and drive as hard as he wants. He, he's got nothing to lose. Where Craig, um, they're going to try and definitely work for him to try and get him into second because they want to finish 1-2. And for us, we want to try and get in between them to, uh, to, to finish as high as possible. So um, still plenty to race for. It's not a a dead rubber as such, you know, Jamie's won it, but there's still going to be a lot of good racing and um, hopefully we're at the front of it. That's, that's what we need to be. 
Now, you're going to race against Marcus Ambrose for the first time in nine years. How do you see him transitioning back into V8 supercars? It's going to be interesting to see how he slots back in. The cars have changed. Um, is it, you know, all the fields changed as well. There's different drivers, different competition, different manufacturers. So I'm sure he'll find it different, but um, you know, there's no doubt he'll be competitive. So uh, good to see how he goes, and hopefully he, uh, he can help me out a bit and we can both get up there and get a good result. But um, yeah, it'll be good to see him back. That's the, that's the main thing, to have him here will be, uh, be nice to race him in a good car. My thanks to Frosty Winterbottom there. After the break, more from the panel. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as yeah, the cars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and we unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Freeway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Gary O'Brien from Auto Action and Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport. Ford leaving in 2016 was the headline of the show, and of course, uh, Peter, an interesting business decision when they have got a muscle car about to be released on our shores next year. Yes, people with a keen eye will have seen some of the Ford ads where there's teasers for what's coming in the future and there's that, that uh, quiet little grumble of a V8 in a Mustang. Um, yeah, it's a, no secret that the Mustang will be sold in local dealers sometime in 2015. And I guess they're holding back on some of the marketing since they can get a few more orders for some of the Falcons that they're trying to uh, to sell off at the moment. Um, it just does seem a little bit curious that... Uh, releasing a performance car but without having an active role in uh, in motorsport um, it does seem like a disconnect but I'm sure that they've done their homework and they've uh, done the cost benefit analysis and it's probably those pesky accountants that are driving this bloody thing uh, uh, and uh, yeah they don't see the connection which it's disappointing for anyone that's a Ford fan or a motorsport follower uh, that uh, one of the brands that have been involved in Australian motorsport for so long don't see the value in it anymore. It mm. just seems a little odd. And interestingly, Gary, this year we've seen with Volvo how they've been able to reinvigorate their brand by going motor racing. Yeah, it's, it's been a phenomenal uh, marketing campaign from the Volvo people. They've, um, they're not saying that their, their road car is, is a V8. By no means are they saying that. But then they're using that advertising and the exposure that is, is going with it to uh, put out a successful marketing scheme. And just harking back to that Mustang thing a little bit too, um, you know, you, you're going to get, a, I think, some compu- confusion amongst people who don't necessarily follow the sport when they may see a perhaps a, a GT3 car in, in the Australian GT Championship or the GT Championship as a whole, uh, a Mustang running there and also wanting V8 supercars. And will they be able to definite, define the difference between the two cars? I've got to ask the question, though. If Ford aren't giving you any money, why would you even bother to develop the Mustang unless you've got a Betty Clemenko Ford fan that has got a wallet full of money that wants to throw it at it? 
there's really no incentive to but, put a Mustang on the racetrack. But where's the development? The cars, up until 2017, the development's done. All they are is an engine and um, panels on a um, uniform uh, chassis and uh, drivetrain. So there's no development. They use the current engines that the Fords are using. It's just panels, really. Well, Peter, put your economic and rationalist hat on and explain to us how this comes about. Well, I guess the key is the cost of developing the, the, the panels to fit on the, on the existing chassis. Uh, that doesn't come without cost. Um, if it was particularly aerodynamic, then the, uh, the parity people would be out there. Uh, so I, I think any advantage from a slippery two-door shape would only be short-lived. Um, yeah, the, without someone helping pick up the, the bill for that engineering, um, you'd kind of stick with what you've got or you'd go with the crowd. Mm, it's going to be interesting to see just how it all how it all pans out. We spoke about Volvo before, Peter, and David Wall being confirmed at GRM. Interestingly enough, Gary Rogers had come out and said, he's not paying to drive here, I'm paying him to race my cars. Um, the, the fact that Gary's come out to clarify that uh, clearly means that there was plenty of talk about whether uh, whether that was a purchased drive. Um, and, well, the, the cynic in me suggests that uh, uh, Gary is telling the truth, um, that uh, Wall is definitely paid by the team, but perhaps it's only part of the story, maybe the sponsor's paying the team, so that they pay the driver. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's plenty of talk about whether uh, that was the, the best move for, a, for the Volvo team that is a championship contender. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the question is, should they have gone for uh, a, a potentially a stronger driver? Or perhaps maybe Wall can evolve into that stronger driver and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Gary, where's your read on it? Uh, be a defining year for David Wall, I think. Uh, third team in three years. Uh, usually not a good sign, but um, I think he's going to be in a stronger car come next year than what he's been in the last two years. Certainly, uh, we, we all know that uh, the, when he was at Brad Jones Racing, that uh, that car was the third one in line, as we've seen with Dar Wood in it this year, and similarly so with uh, DJR throughout 2014. So, yeah, I'm saying that um, it'll be a defining year, and I think he'll have a good one. Mm. Now, the Sydney Test Day has become compulsory. You touched on it in the uh, in the opening, Gary, that we could be seeing more and more contracts now written to say you can be a race car driver, but you can only drive a V8 supercar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Rick Kelly's been caught on the on the on the hop with this one because uh, the plans were for him to do both at one stage, but uh, with the contracts written the way they are, Nissan and now abandoned that idea of. Uh, flying uh, Kelly up to Bathurst to participate in the uh, 12-hour, maybe go up Saturday and do a bit of qualifying, come back, do what he has to do, and then, then go back up for the Sunday race. And there's also another little uh, hiccup in the in the road to Bathurst in the fact that the airport's main runway will be closed for six weeks from, from early January through to the middle of February as they uh, re-tarmac it. So um, only light aircraft will be able to get into Bathurst. If you're going on a uh, passenger commercial deal, you have to go via Orange. So <laughs> makes it difficult. Somehow I don't think that's a problem for Rick Kelly, who's already got his own fixed wing. But the Sydney Test Day has been now made compulsory. All main game drivers have to attend. And, of course, there are the loopholes in case a driver gets fired mid-season. But uh, basically, if you're planning to run the season... You've got no out now. You have to be there. 
Well, there was a condition that um, if you were listed as a, as a driver for the first round at Clipsal and didn't make the test day, then you're automatically out of the Clipsal, is my understanding of the way it worked. So, um, regardless of what you're doing the rest of the season. So, if one team prepared to sacrifice someone at the first round, which I don't think they will, um, they could probably go to the 12 hour. Mm. Now, Peter, it raises a question. I read a great article during the week that the whole situation of the V8 supercars and 12-hour clash has actually generated more interest and, and more benefit to the 12-hour organisers than it's really d- done anything for V8 supercars' reputation. So it's basically stained them and promoted their opposition. Yes, it's uh, really been quite interesting for the 12-hour promoters that uh, uh, they just have to sort of sit still, keep their mouth shut, and other people keep promoting their event. Um, And all of the commentary that's been going on talks positively about the 12-hour and is quite negative about V8 supercars having created the clash. Now, uh, I'm sure if you scratch beneath the surface, um, you know, that there's always two sides to every story, but let's put that to one side public perception is clearly in favour of the 12-hour and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see whether V8 supercars can uh, deliver a successful event uh, both on TV and uh, for the crowds that may turn up. Gary, you of course cover a wide range of the support categories as well as as, uh, looking after uh, a number of different interests in V8 supercars' main game. Happen your editors at Auto Action there decide whether you have to be at the test day or whether you're going to be at the 12 hour? Well, I, I work as a contributor freelancer to Auto Action, so I know where I'll be. <laughs> I'll be um, about 130 miles or 200 odd k's to the west of Sydney uh, enjoying Mount Panorama. But um, I guess I'll have a uh, uh, well, it depends if the boss wants to go to Baptist, then that's, that's said and done. But if it's a if it's anything else, there'll be a draws, uh, straw, sure, straw would get the job. But um, I'm thinking um, along what, what Peter was saying, that if I was James O'Brien at the moment, I'd be uh, saying nothing and just sitting back and watching all all the uh, V8 supercar people promoting his event. Mm, yeah, it has been a, an interesting one. Peter, could you have a media day? Because most of the media events and the, the shootout for cash is all on the Sunday afternoon. Could you actually have a media event where, outside of News Limited, who have now got a fairly substantial vested interest in V8 supercars, you'll be thin on the ground for anyone else? Um, I, I suspect that there'll be uh, plenty of people in, in my boat where Saturday morning starts at uh, Western Sydney, um, get a few shots, have a look at the new, uh, uh, the, you know, the new cars. Um, early afternoon, jump in the car and head up the hill and uh, be ready for the, the, the big event on the Sunday. Um, yeah, hey, the good thing is that uh, the V8 supercars will be televised. We'll be able to uh, tune in and see what happens, but uh, I don't think too many of us will be seeing it live. Mm. Yeah, it is going to be an interesting one to see how the show, the shootout for the cash goes there, Gary. And, of course, uh, since most of us do have Foxtel Go these days, uh, I, I, I guess the uh, media centre will have plenty of screens on both events. Yeah, well, you know, the, and the Bathurst event's live as well, So, um, which uh, Seven will be doing on one of their uh, secondary channels, I think, from memory, and uh, live the last three hours on their primary. So, uh, you know, they've got that, plus uh, what's on Fox and, and um, 
you, what you say is that we could have a couple of uh, laptops running uh, Fox <laughs> Foxtel Go and play and uh, just keeping an eye on what's happening there rather than uh, watching it full on. Mm. Uh, hey, gee, we, we better watch out. And, and, and maybe I shouldn't say this because it may give someone an idea, but um, m- maybe the V8 uh, supercars will introduce a new rule that if you want your media pass for Clipsal, you have to be there Sunday afternoon. At, uh, oh, keep that one quiet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> a break on Inside Supercars, and then we'll be back with... Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, the only things Ross is ever critical on are things that are going to make the car go faster or be going to make the race team look better. So he's um he's he's honestly taken on board the the team and, and almost you know it's it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. In Supercars Today each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Peter Norton's accreditation for any motorsport event in this country is being questioned as we speak. <laughs> but he's got he's got one more event this year, the Sydney 500. The Ambrose 500, Gary, which do you think it is, the Sydney 500 or the Ambrose 500? Oh, I still think it's the Sydney 500 uh, at Homebush because we've still got uh, second position in the V8 Supercar Championship to be decided with uh, uh, Mark Winterbottom, Craig Lowndes and Shane Van Gisbergen fighting it out. Just that little bit of a wild card in there with Marcus Ambrose uh, finding his feet back in the category that uh, he was pretty dominant in when he left back in the uh, mid to early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, Jamie Wheatcup's obviously in the in the mix as well, even though he's wrapped up the series, but uh, he'll be in there uh, uh, wielding the axe, you might say, and uh, I reckon it's going to be a great, great event, and uh, I couldn't really predict who's going to win it, to tell you the truth. Mm. I, I think, Peter, one of the uh, great things is that it's generated a lot of interest, a lot of publicity, but today Marcus Ambrose is saying, hey, I'm here to get the bugs out of the system that would inevitably be at Clipsal if I wasn't here? Um, well, absolutely. But I think it will take him a little while to acclimatise back to the V8 supercar racing, uh, and this is a fantastic way to get miles uh, under the belt. And, hey, I'm sure that uh, uh, they're doing OK out of the wild card entry and the publicity and the sponsorship and some of those sorts of things. So uh, it's all round what a great idea. And, uh, of course, the promoters are using it to uh, create a, a bit of a buzz, something different, uh, to try to get uh, punters into those grandstands. Mm. Now, the battle is for second. Who's going to win that one, Peter? Frosty or Lowndes? Um, I'm going to go for Van Gisbergen. Ooh, um, okay. uh, he's not that far behind. He could turn his current fourth position into a second. Um, there are a couple of clusters uh, of, uh, of the drivers in the, uh, the point score. Um, equally, James Courtney, who's currently eighth, he's close enough, he could end up fifth if he has a very good weekend. Uh, so that's where some of the interest lies for uh, this grand final. Sure, we're not going to be talking about uh, uh, someone sneaking up and stealing first, but there's plenty of other uh, options. 
And if you look back over the last couple of years, uh, Techno uh, have had plenty of form, good form at uh, at Homebush, and uh, Shane, Giz- or Shane Van Gisbergen has scored plenty of podiums there as well. So uh, I think he may be the surprise packet, and uh, it'd be kind of cool to see him uh, sneak up and grab second. All right, uh, no double points on offer. It's not Formula One, Gary. So what about you for the, the battle for second? Who yep. are you going to pick? I'm going with Peter on that one too. I think the Gibbs is a special. Uh, his street street circuit form is exceptional. Uh, we've seen that at the Gold Coast. We've seen it at the opening round at Clipsal. And uh, we know at uh, Bathurst he was on pole and could have, should have won that race. Could have, should have, whatever. And uh, um, I reckon he's got to be a special. He's, he's in really good form. Forget about uh, Philip Island. That was a bit of a glitch in the, in, in the uh, road, so to speak. And I think he's going to be very strong. All right. And, and keep in mind, the weather forecast, it could be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, rain. It's looking like we... Well, I was just watching a bit of a weather forecast. They're saying something like uh, around about 2 inches or 100 mil or 50 to 100 mil in the old scheme we'll get over the next few days, over that like, weekend. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Mm, it It'll is be very good for those frogs. Yep. <laughs> it's a uh, battle for the top five. McLaughlin, Chas Mostert. Uh, they want to finish in the top five. McLaughlin wants to get the pole position record. So that's an interesting one as well because uh, that top five is, is a, a fairly uh, a fairly solid result for your year. And for McLaughlin, who made the change to Volvo with GRM, they probably weren't thinking top five finishes when they started the year. No. Um, yeah, I would have thought top ten for them would have been what their aim was. But uh, certainly... Uh, uh, McLaughlin showing plenty of pace, particularly in qualifying. Uh, they've just got to get that uh, final nail in the coffin of getting a car that's good over all races rather than just maybe one. Mm. Now, Peter, in the top ten, Caruso's on the bubble, if you like, but he's got his teammate, to, uh, uh, Rick Kelly, trying to get that spot. Uh, Will Davison in the Erebus wants to get there. Percat in the Holden. It's a, it's a real shooting gallery for that top ten. Well, yes, it is. Uh, I spoke earlier about some of those clusters of, of the points, and uh, again, you just ran through those couple that could uh, sneak in and grab that tenth position. Um, unlikely for uh, you know, tenths to sneak up any higher than that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the bragging rights of being in the top ten would be very important for someone like uh, Will Davison at Erebus. Uh, you know, Percat um, you know, hasn't had the, the greatest consistency. Um, so uh, I think uh, you know, top ten. Uh, for the year would perhaps flatter uh, his uh, his results across the year, but he's shown some better form lately. So uh, you know, all of these things are possible, and uh, yeah, bragging rights are important. Where is the realistic finishing position, Peter, of Marcus Ambrose? Uh, it's hard to tell what level of resources that Penske have thrown into developing that car in the in the last perhaps two months. Um, I'd be surprised, quite frankly, if he finished in the top ten. All right. What about you, Gary? Yeah, um, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I, given, I don't think he'll have a good qualifying pace, but I think he'll have good race pace. And that's been the trait of the DJR cars all year. Uh, we've seen that with Scotty Pye with some pretty good results from some pretty ordinary qualifying. When I say ordinary, we've got to remember that we're, we're seeing uh, 20 
23, 24, 25 cars are covered by, uh, you know, 1.2, 1.3 seconds. So, you know, if you're at the back, you're considered qualifying ordinary. But, you know, that's a, that's a blink, basically, between first and last. But I think he'll have some good race pace. All right. A break here on Inside Supercars and then a final thought. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Gary O'Brien and Peter Norton. A final thought, Peter Norton. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Um, I think that, that's uh, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, Van Gisbergen for a great run at Homebush, I, I think that would be, uh, would be sweet justice for, for a year where he's had some great results uh, stolen from him, and obviously I'm referring to Bathurst, where it was really his, uh, and uh, you know, the misfortune came along and snatched it away. I think it would be just desserts if he could dominate this coming weekend. What about you, Gary? A final thought? Yeah, final thought, again, about um, winning the weekend. Um, I think it's, uh, it could be a defining one for Win Cup to win, proving, proving that he can go out and race and not have to worry about a championship. It's already signed, served and delivered, that he may um, actually still be too quick for them all. Mm. Well, it is going to be an interesting weekend ahead. I know we're all looking forward to it. That's all we have time for Inside Supercars this week. Till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.